Gen V is an American superhero television series set concurrently with season four of Amazon's The Boys. Instead of following a group of vigilantes as they attempt to stop superheroes from abusing their powers, Gen V's pilot, God You, follows 18-year-old Marie Moreau as she heads to superhero college with dreams of becoming a crime-fighting hero and proving to others and herself that she's not a monster. Now, what did you think when you first heard that this series was getting made? I was pretty cynical because I didn't believe that The Boys needed to have a spin-off series, especially after The Boys Presents Diabolical came out like last year, and mm -hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of that series. I didn't think that the world needed to be expanded uh, beyond just The Boys TV show. And I'm assuming your opinion either stayed the same or it completely changed based it, off this. It changed. All right, great. So just like our last review of Adventure Time, Fiona and Cake, it really doesn't make sense to watch Gen V if you haven't caught up with the show that preceded it. Now, as I said in the intro, this, it goes concurrently currently with season four of The Boys, and season four of The Boys hasn't been released yet. It's been filmed, but it's not released, and it probably won't get released until 2024. I think that was the smartest move that this show made, uh, to be take place after season three of The Boys, because I feel like the story is more significant in that way. Well, it moves the plot forward, yes. and that's what we want to see. The argument could be made, well, what's there to get about The Boys? It's a show about evil superheroes, so why couldn't I just jump into this one? But really, by season three, even The Boys, the vigilantes who are hell-bent on killing superheroes, have figured out that the big bad really isn't Homelander or Soldier Boy or The Seven. It's Butcher's Kid. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's the Creedy Corporation running everything, which is named Vought. Yes. So really, this show, I think, is saying the same thing. It's not going after necessarily... There are bad superheroes, but it's really about the corporation that handles them. And it comes out right after Amazon is sued by the FTC in a third <laughs> of the United States for their company illegally maintaining monopoly power. The timing could not be more ironic. And also, it's just weird that they're the ones dispersing this content. It's almost like they're wagging their noses in it or something. <laughs> um, so how does Huey's introduction compare to Marie Moreau? Huey being the main character from The Boys, Marie Moreau being the main character here. Very similar in terms of bloodshed. There's bloodshed. Both take place in the past when they're both introduced, right? Mm -hmm. Both involve A-Train. Both involve a lot of shock and blood splatter. And a relationship. And and a relationship, yes. Uh, Huey's being a love relationship, her being her sisters and her family. Uh, both uh, put the main character into a funk. Yes. Yes. So let's describe this initial scene that we get with Marie Moreau. It's a family of four, 10-year-old Marie, her sister Annabeth, her mom, her dad. They're tuned into Super Center, which is exactly like Sports Center, except it's run by Vought, and I guess they don't have normal sports there in the, in the, the Vought universe. Maybe they do. No, I think they do. Yeah, they have a lot of... Uh, things that cross over into it, and we'll get into that. But they're watching the draft of from this college, uh, Godolkin, which is again the name of the episode is God You, which mm -hmm. confused me at first until I realized it was university. Um, and A Train is the first pick, so we're looking at eight years in the past, and he is the fastest man alive. He's about to join the seven. He's replacing Mr. Marathon, who I don't think we've met before. I don't think so. It's a momentous pick because it's the first African-American on the seven, according to Vought's senior VP of hero management, who's still living at this time, Madeline Stillwell. Now, it was cool to see Elizabeth Shue come back <laughs> because that's the lady from Karate Kid, uh, Back to the Future, a lot of 80s movies, uh, Piranha uh, 3D, Super Pumped. 
uh, saw her in that. And she, and we've had two cameos within the first two minutes. So we get to see A-Train and Madeline Stillwell, even though I know that they're not going to be main characters in this show. What I like so much about A-Train's cameo is we see him in front of the paparazzi, but in the first episode of The Boys, if you remember Starlight, we saw all the backstage of Good. what was happening Good and connection. all of, like the makeup and, and everything that she had to go through, even before stepping out on that stage and having to give that speech. So much of this is like a metaphor to celebrity status and oh, that's how all the boys glamour. Yeah. is the glamour of a celebrity or the glamour of being a superhero is not all it's made out to be. Mm -hmm. um, but they're really spreading it on thick with this message that he is the first African-American and it's a very progressive move. Um, there's a text crawl going underneath Sports Center that's basically talking about, sorry, Super Center that's basically saying uh, that he pulled himself up by the bootstraps pulled himself from poverty. We see a little bit of that in the season three of The Boys when he goes back to his hometown um, and then he fights a racist. But they call it a post-racism world. That's what Madeline Stillwell says. And then you have to ask yourself, wait a minute, wasn't Black Noir black? Well, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, he was. But the thing is they forced him to conceal his face starting in the 80s, even before he was scarred from that fire. And it, I think that's it was because back then it was a non-starter. And so they had to keep him covered. And I think that A-Train, it was a reference to Obama going into the White House, like in his first Or term. Kamala. Well, yeah, or Kamala, where people kind of had this like uh, wrong thinking about how racism is over and how and they just, don't have to worry again, about it. It shows how Madeline Stillwell, even though she died, you don't feel bad for her because she was the villain. She was the talking piece for Vought for the longest time. Um, the parents are taking this very seriously. They're like, I don't care who he hangs out with. This guy is cool because he represents something for the future. While the kids in the background, you got Marie and Annabeth, they're playing. Um, and do you know what they're doing? Did no. you catch that? Okay. So uh, Annabeth is posed like Kendall Jenner for from a Vogue uh, piece that she did in 2018. Now, keep this in mind. 2018, eight years ago, that means that this the show takes place in 2026. 26, okay. I don't think they've ever dated it before or not. When I remember, I had to look it up and the boys comic books take place in like 2005, 2006. Yes. Yes. Right. No, because I've read I've read the first. But this takes place in the I future. I remember it like didn't have any like future technology. Not only that, but the pop culture references are just constant in, in the boys and also in this. And it's funny because I, I they wouldn't have been in the comics at all. The yeah. Kardashians weren't as big back then. Paul Brothers certainly weren't around. <laughs> Scott Disick, PewDiePie, uh, Riverdale, Pretty Little Liars, Instagram, Chicago Fire, Zach Braff. But, but, but you have to realize <laughs> all those references, yeah. I feel like they were almost uh, like they, they were supposed to be old. Was it yeah, mm, uh, mm, old? Yeah, because well, like, 2000. Yeah, okay. Think about it. Zach Braff, Logan Paul. Well, Instagram. Zach Braff was directing something. Yes, but even, but like, he's not as big a name as he used to be. I feel like all the references that they were using, aside from something like the boys. Do you think that the amount of them, it was too much? Or was it, is it a pro or is it a con? It was a pro for me. It's a pro I because found it's funny. funny yeah. yeah. So Marie Moreau, she gets a stomach uh, cramp in the middle of this uh, photo op that they're having. Um, and she goes upstairs and it looks like she's about to have her first period. Yes. Um, and then it appears that she finds out that she's a superhero because that blood becomes, uh, she uses like telekinesis on it or something and it starts to float she's officially uh avatar member she can blood bend she can oh so you went to avatar i went to misfits i thought about the guy who could control blood i also thought of a book i read a long time ago called superpowers um and uh, there's a lot of uh heroes that we meet in this university 
And mm -hmm. that book kind of covers the same thing where it's just a school of superheroes and some of them who have really, really dangerous abilities who still want to be heroes, but are kind of like pushed aside because obviously like just the optics of that would look bad. So it was very uh, connected to this, but also it reminded me of Little Demon because if you remember in Little that show, Demon. within wow. the first few minutes, she gets her period and then yeah. she like uses her powers for the first time. Well, also, also Carrie. I mean, Carrie is kind of like, I feel like what everyone goes to because the first thing that she's getting her period yeah this show well, felt like it was a it was a parody almost of sky high that's where i was thinking whenever you're talking about the university mm -hmm. but going back to maria yeah Moreau, her, her mom comes upstairs because she her like mom dar goes out and she realizes something's wrong she knocks on the door figures out that um marie is having her first period kind of walks in when her daughter screams because she finds out she's also telekinetic and and that's when things go to to hell because like what did you think of that scene i was really glad that it kept the same kind of tone and dark humor that i felt like the boys have in i their wasn't TV laughing shows. Not in that well, I, I mean dark dark humor because i mean the whole idea of her having her period and her trying to keep it secret is funny but then it goes to horror within like a second because the mom just like completely dies well she doesn't just die so she's holding the blood up and trying to figure out what's going on with her ability her mom barges in freaks her out the blood goes shooting at a speed and I guess uh, like it's solid at that point yeah. and it just goes right through her neck. Very similar like, to like what happens shard. to another character later on in the in the episode. Well, but then yes. her father walks in finding out what was going on and she freaks out because her mom has just died in front of her and all that blood that's coming out, she then controls that, Marie does, and it, it explodes and the dad gets shards and shards of these like blood uh, uh, glass things into his face and that he dies That was insane. Too. Yeah, you're seeing the body and seeing his face just it completely was, disfigured was This was, was on gruesome. the same level, I think, of Invincible. Um, it's also on the same level of the first scene on The Boys. All of this happens within the first five minutes of The yeah. Boys as well as Gen V. Uh, when when A-Train runs through uh, Huey's girlfriend, mm -hmm. right? So we're supposed to get that complete uh, comparison. And it also reminded me a little bit of The Boys Presents Diabolical, where I think the finale was uh, called Where Pissed Off Superheroes Kill Their Parents. Wasn't that Homeland? Yeah, Homelander's backstory, right? Was that for the finale of Diabolical? Well, I, it was the one where the, all the little misfit kids went back to their moms and dads who had given them the Vought juice and then sold them off and then like uh, left them and killed them on yeah. purpose. Mm -hmm. This is the opposite, where she doesn't mean to kill her parents. Her parents seem like very nice people. And she accidentally, just because of her ability, uh, murders them straight out. And then her sister walks in and we're left with the question of whether or not she's going to be able to control herself enough not to then kill her sister. Right. Um, and then, then we jump to present day and things get a lighter <laughs> tone. Uh, I think we get like Missy Elliott or someone giving up that pump up music as it just shows Marie at Red River Institute. She's now 18 years old. This is a foster facility for or orphan supers. Um, she lives in a room of 12 beds, like bunk beds. Yeah. Her days consist of group therapy, schools, secretly practicing her power in an abandoned gym, which seems like the messiest place to do it. First of all, she's not allowed to do that because there are signs all over that says you need to practice your superpower only when monitored. Yeah. And so she ignores 
reverse those. But more importantly, how does she clean up after her using her power? So I thought that she, the twist was going to be this episode because I knew there was going to be some type of twist that she was evil because when she was in the gym and she was practicing her power, she was in the middle of um, some like blood that kind of sprayed everywhere and it looked almost like it was a satanic circle. And I hmm. was wondering to myself, are we going to get that she is almost like Homelander and that's the character that we're following? Are you talking about that like weird devil star yes. that they do and yeah. stuff? Yeah, because, <laughs> because there was dashes that were the blood just all around her and I was like, is that supposed to be where we're going with it this? It would have been an interesting uh, show idea if we would have followed for a complete 10 episodes this villain who's like low-key trying to pretend to be a superhero, but really she's just evil the whole time. Eight episodes, but yeah. Eight episodes, okay. But my question, besides how does she clean up after herself, because I can't tell if she can still control blood once it hits the floor, because we see several times where it's pooling out on the floor right. and she never like picks that part up. But that might be an answer that comes along a little later. The other thing was how she, because there's not a lot of blood in your body. Um, it, I was wondering why she wasn't bringing water with her, iron-rich foods, fluids. I thought like, the same exact thing. It's, yeah, like she has to at some point feel at least woozy using these powers. I would think that in, in the heat of battle, she would need to make someone else bleed, you know, just right. shoot some blood through someone else, make them bleed, and then use them as like kind of a body vessel, you know, just like keep on we're, pulling We're, we're going to see that. We're going to see that at the finale or something like that. I am almost assured of All it. All right. So she's practicing, but why is she practicing? Because she wants to go to Godolkin which is the same place that A-Train went, that Maeve went, and she wants to learn from Professor Richard Brinkeroff, who is played by Clancy Brown. He's playing, he always just plays villains in these TV shows. Well, before we get into who he is, uh, first I just want to say, so she circled that date on her calendar just like any senior in high school would right. to find out June 22nd, that's when she finds out if she's been accepted, and her dreams do come true when she goes onto the laptop and she sees that the Dean Indira Shetty, played by Shelley Kahn, uh, she was in Terra Nova. That's where I recognized her from. But she's also apparently big in Bridgerton. I haven't seen that show, so I, I wouldn't know. But um, then that's when Marie gets the advice from Vanessa to not fuck up. Basically, yes. if you fuck up and you go to this university and you get kicked out, you might end up at this adult rehab center, the Elmira Adult Rehab Center, the same place that they sent Maeve, the same place that they send... Um, uh, undesirable superheroes. Yes. You know, the ones that Vought doesn't want getting out there and showing their abilities. Basically, your future's done. You're, you're absolutely yeah. screwed. So I really like the pacing here because we went from introduction scene to her life as an orphan to straight her in college within like 10 minutes. Yes, and they did a Marie really good job, yeah. I think, telling us that story. So now we're off to college and we don't get the driving scene there, the unpacking scene there. It just Thankfully. starts off. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's why I'm talking about the pacing being so good with just learning who the regulars are. So it's introduction to every single person along the way. We get the invisible RA talking about mandatory consent seminar. Really think about that. The wordplay there oh, is and hilarious. It was, and it was absolutely a reference to translucent and not only the powers, but also him wearing the glasses in the first scene when and we first naked. see Translucent. Yeah, we see him naked, but also wearing the glasses, much like this RA. Well, the interesting thing about the whole, like, they can't make an outfit for a naked person and they can't make an outfit for someone who um, gets on fire, who we'll learn about mm -hmm. later. Like, it, that's Fantastic Four type thing. In 2004, they were already <laughs> saying that scientists could make that in those type of universes. So it's funny in the boys, they're having such trouble with those outfits. Um, but yeah, he's actually Maverick. That's the name of the RA, I looked it up. He was one of the characters from It. 
He was one of the bully characters from it. Oh, okay. You wouldn't recognize saying, him, obviously. You're saying, you're saying the actor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, we see this, like, lesbian pair uh, with, like, a lizard tongue that we're making out in the yeah. side. Uh, <laughs> we get her roommate uh, slash best friend slash unapologetically candid and unabashed about sex because she's constantly talking about it. She's like, if the gender role was reversed you would call that person like a trash can dude like <laughs> <laughs> like a frat bro trash can dude emma meyer little cricket yeah. i actually was really glad that i liked her character a lot of the times when tv shows have that annoying roommate i i just can't stand them but here i thought that her character was fine she's secretly depressed you know yes obviously she's yeah. uh, big on social media but she gets a lot of hate on it and uh but the dorms that they live in the residences look kind of cool however they are like their windows are shut off like they can't get out and it was designed to look sort of like a prison according yep. to amazon's production design did you look at a lot of those notes as they came up on the side or no did you... i didn't i did i looked at every single one so we might <laughs> touch on some later but you get a choice as a student there you can either go into the lamplighter school of crime fighting or crimson countess school of performing arts now it's funny because Lightlighter, we've met we even mm -hmm. saw him in the poster, but we, we saw him kill people in, like, season two, was it? Is that when he dies yeah, or whatever? Yeah, so. And then uh, we also got Crimson Countess, who was uh, Soldier Boy's girlfriend, right? I did and not remember he, that. Okay, he, yeah. like, goes over and kills her, yeah? Yeah. I think that's what happens. Like, she's he, the girl in red. Right, because he kills, like, everyone, I think. He was going after his night. old team. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you've got the performing arts, which is Hufflepuff. <laughs> no one wants to go into Hufflepuff or Amity if you're a Divergent fan. Um, it's lame. But 90% of people end up there. And so right. those superheroes just end up uh, kind of um, promoting Vought. I think, um, uh, what's her face? Uh, Emma has the best line. She says, 90% of us sing, dance, sell merch for Vought. But yes. Marie is determined to get into the Lamplighter School of Crime Fighting. She wants to show herself to be more than a murderer. She knows she's going to be number one. That's the, what she tells Emma. The problem is she's been raised sort of Amish. That's what they <laughs> think at first because she doesn't have any social media. She doesn't know the modern day uh, celebrities. She knows those from like eight years earlier. Um, and so like the kids that are going into the Lamplighter School of Crime Fighting are already sort of famous. Some of them have cleared homicides. And so the competition is steep and she's immediately rejected from Professor Richard Brinkhoff, again, Clancy Brown's class, uh, the yes. intro to crime fighting. And the person, his TA, is the one who actually made the decision, Jordan Lee, one of the top three fighters in the school. And she, uh, how would you des describe her power? She's uh, very gender fluid. Yes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, she can change within an instant. Uh, Into a identities. guy. Yeah. yeah, she can be a guy or a girl. And she also um, has super strength, it seems like, invulnerability. Um, but Clancy Brown comes out of his class. Sorry, Richard Brinkeroff comes out of his office and shoots her in the chest. That was the, the <laughs> <Yeah>. best intro. <laughs> he was just like, Jordan, boom. And completely fine. Afterwards. And yeah, Jordan was smiling. And it was just like, that's his, that's his, he seemed like a cool guy. Like a at fun first, teacher. At first, but you always knew he was going to be evil. In the new Penguin show, I think he's going to be playing a mob boss and Dexter Newblood. He's playing the main antagonist. Well, in Ahsoka, he was a good guy. He's in it for one episode. In He's Ahsoka. in this for one episode as well, it turns out. But yeah, so he reminds me a lot of Donald Sutherland's character, uh, President from the Snow. Games? Yes, yeah. he looks like him. 
For a second, I was like, <laughs> is that Clancy Brown or is that Donald Sutherland? <laughs> oh, it, he's too young to be Donald Sutherland. Uh, we also, before we jump into uh, what happens with uh, Marie and how she tries to get back into his class, I want to mention the top one at the school, which is Luke Golden Boy Reardon. Patrick Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Patrick Schwarzenegger. And he is able to turn himself into the Human Torch. Um, and, and do some pretty cool stuff with that. Jordan Lee is number two, and then Andre Anderson is number three, the most comic booky name I've ever heard. <laughs> Andre Anderson. And then there's Luke's girlfriend, Kate Dunlap, who has these gloves on, kind of like Haunting of Hill House style, where she doesn't want to use her power unintentionally, but her power is compulsion. It's Mantis. It's Mantis from uh, from Guardians of it's the Galaxy. It's Alicia from Misfits. It's uh, Allison from Umbrella Academy with I Heard a Rumor. And it's uh, and Luke, I would think, is a direct um, comparison to Homelander. However, not as egocentric as Homelander. No, he's he's a good guy. I just found it funny that Patrick Schwarzenegger, who is thirty years old, has been playing college roles since ten years ago, and he'll be playing them for ten years. <laughs> Grown Ups too, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, Dear Eleanor. It seems like he Luke Hemsworth did the same thing. He was playing, like, at 18, he was playing college kids, and then it just went up from there, and he, st- and then he went into the Hunger Games where he was playing it well into his 20s. I think it's fair to say that Golden Boy, though, you're supposed to like. I think he's supposed to be everyone's favorite character. And that's why I was like, he has to be the Homelander. He sees the blonde-eyed, blue-eyed, sorry, blonde-eyed, blue-eyed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy, um, and he's Mr. American. He's indestructible, super strong. He even glows with his eyes, just yeah. like Homelander does. Um, Talk but about- he's also schizophrenic. He has nightmares, visions of his brother, and he's sort of into a conspiracy that's going on. But we don't get a full understanding of that, even by the end of the episode. Can we talk about Andre Anderson for a second? What is sure. his power? I'm not really sure what it is. Can he just control metal or what? Yes, I think he's able to transmutate metal into whatever object that he wants, sort of like Magneto. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and we see how that backfires <laughs> later <laughs> on. But he also has another ability, and that is to do an American accent. Because the guy who plays him, I recognize from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, he plays a bi character in that, um, and he's playing a bi character here too. Mm-hmm. So he's he, he's <laughs> very progressive in that way, and I wonder if that's part of the reason that they uh, cast him. They were like, oh, that's just such a similar thing between what we want to do with this character. He also might be Black Noir's kid. You think so? He literally said, I don't want to work with my father. Who else could that be? Black Noir's dead by this point, though. Yeah. Yeah, no. That just busted that theory, didn't it? Um, who else could it be then? I think that they had, they had cast interviews on YouTube. Unless I- they don't know Black Noir is dead. Do we know Black Noir is dead by then? Like, did they present did it? Did they present it? Did I, they tell I don't it? know. I don't know if it's out to the public yet. I couldn't think of who else they could be talking about. But you're right. If Black Noir is dead, I'm going to have to re- rethink about that. Um, anyway, so yeah, he can shape metal, transmutate matter. And he also seems like the nicest of the three. Even though Luke seems pretty nice, like this guy, Andre, seems like he he's even uh, the best friend of Luke, you know? Yeah, and he does help stop uh, someone who's like trying to run away and from And he also invites Marie out. So this is what happened. Marie gets rejected from the class. She's really mad about it. And obviously, as the main character, you need opportunity to just fall in your lap. So she's walking out at night. And then there's this guy who's just running through the school crazy. And he's and some police officers say that he's on meth and she stops him. And that's when Andre also shows up and he helps stop uh, this kid. And the kid yells, I don't want to go back to the woods, which 
I felt was the same thing as the place that Vought always sends the undesirables. So I think right. it's all the same place. And uh, Marie didn't realize what she was doing when she helped stop this And guy. we see the woods. I mean, we see Golden Boy, like, kind of have almost uh, what happens to Thor in the second Avengers movie where it's like oh. he turns and suddenly So you think the, the woods. woods are the place that Sam's at? Yes, yeah. Luke's brother. I thought the woods was just another term for the Elmira place. No, that... I think the woods is like an actual woods. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that is... That that is interesting. That's a good theory right there. So yeah, Andre sees that Marie helped out and he's like, hey, I'm one of the coolest kids in class. You should come party with us. Apparently the top three, even though there's probably hundreds of superheroes at this college, I would hope yeah. uh, thousands maybe. Um, you, it's a college, right? Yes. So it's weird how they just hang out with themselves. Like the top three only hang out with themselves. They only party with themselves. And then suddenly it, out of nowhere, they're going to invite a freshman out just to hang out with them. The, the freshman first day. Is, the freshman is the odd thing, but yes. I feel like the college is almost manipulating it so that the three only hang out with one okay, another. Okay, so so even if that's true, uh, suspend your disbelief. Marie goes out with them, but only after she's hassled to by Emma because Marie realizes if she gets in trouble partying and gets expelled or something like that, then she would have to go away. She would have fucked she, up. Yeah, exactly. But she still goes out. She ends up trying coke. She's dancing. They're clubbing. Uh, Absolutely like the Misfits episode in season two. The second that they were doing drugs in a dance club and they were all hanging the dance floor, I was like, there's no way this isn't Misfits. Mm -hmm. This is just a big budget version or a weirder version of what Misfits is. All right. So how, how do we describe what happens next? Jordan isn't super happy to have Marie there because Jordan's the one who said you can't be part of the love. Yes. Yeah. But when she does drugs, when Marie does drugs, she's like, he's like, I guess she's cool. <laughs> <laughs> then Andre goes to flirt with some girl and he's doing a good job of it. He's like convincing her. He's like, if I do this magic trick slash with my superhero abilities, you'll go home with Changes me. Changes a quarter into a swan. Yes, or... but like it's a very sharp swan. Yes. And then someone bumps into him. That swan goes straight oh. through someone's neck. Again, uh, just straight up from the first scene, uh, we see blood splatter everywhere. Uh, and instead of any of the top three staying around, they realize kind of like when college when college football players get in trouble yeah. for like something and they don't want to. They be, have to get they out get of out of there. And Marie's the only one there, and she realizes maybe I'll be able to save this person because I can control blood. And so she like keeps the blood in the person's body. I'm very glad because by then blood was already pulling out of this yeah. lady on the ground, and she was like losing that light in her eyes. That she didn't try to like push that blood back into her because that that Obviously, stuff would also yeah. have like so much grime and stuff in there and it'd be bad. Um, but she kept the blood that was in the air, sent it back into her neck, and somehow that kept her alive for the time that video goes viral because everybody takes out their phone and obviously Marie feels great about herself. She thinks this is going to get me into where I need to be, which is intro to crime fighting. And so Professor uh, Richard Brinkeroff it calls her to his office. Yeah, taking it back just so when uh, the the sure. swan slits the girl's neck, there's three parts that made me cringe. One was the very beginning when Maria Moreau has her parents die. The second one is uh, this wrestling scene where someone gets their limbs uh, teared off. And then the third one was... What the was the guy's name? He was like the mighty Frank or something. I forgot what it was. Yeah, going. well, it was against Golden Boy. Yeah, and yeah. Then the third the Golden one... Boy was really cool about it because after he pulled the guy's arms off, he was like, you'll get me next time. Well, I found it really funny how they had healer abilities. That's the reason why they were able put his arms back on but the third one was the slitting of the girl's throat that to me was just like almost the worst out of all three because it was just so sudden yeah 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 that was crazy and so 
Professor Richard Brinkeroff calls her in and she is ready for him to kind of uh, eat his eat his own um, words. Because yeah. earlier on he had said, like, not everybody can do this. She is expecting that promotion. <laughs> and he, he goes into this, um, what, what would you call it? Like this uh, patronizing speech of sacrifice. And she's just waiting and waiting. And then he expels her. Because mm -hmm. she is going to be the scapegoat. And uh, they can't have her story messing with the rest of the group, the, the top three. In fact, Luke, top boy, golden boy, has already, before the draft, been set up to take over either Starlight or Maeve's spot. Because I had a huge problem with that because uh, he's not going to be given a draft. He's just literally going to be put in the He's been seven. promoted, yes. And, and, and it's like, if you remember... That's how high up he is. Yes, True, but after Translucent dies, they had to try and find a replacement for so many episodes for such a long time, and here they just decided to kind of take the biggest person from this university and put him straight into the seven. Why, why is that a problem, though? Because, again, we already saw how they were trying to replace Translucent. They bought so many different superheroes that didn't pass the test. Here, it makes a little more sense because, yes, I he think is they the have to do the more than one. Yes. So, so that's why. So they're saying, well, we'll take one from this uh, that we would already do with the draft. And then we'll also do the draft, and so we'll get two which superheroes. One, which one out is of he it. replacing Queen Maeve or uh, or Starlight? He he gets his choice because uh, both of them are supposedly gone. Um, so yeah, we get that scene a little bit earlier before this. But Marie gets expelled. She goes outside, starts like just cutting herself so that she can sh shoot off at some trash can. She's angry. Again, yeah. just complete blood spread is like who's going to clean that up like is it the janitor's job or whatever i i don't know but then she goes back in to confront Brinkeroff because she is not going to let him decide her career for her and she and he and she opens up and what happens and she finds him in a deep embrace with luke <laughs> and they're having a fun little hug where Luke is completely inflamed, on fire, and just burning Professor Richard Brinker off I didn't to think, death. I didn't think Clancy Brown was only going to be in one episode. I do have to give the show credit for surprising me that they killed him off Subverting your expectations. Early. That's what they do. Yeah, so what did you think of Luke trying to bargain? Okay, so I actually, this was my biggest con with the show, just from the way that they were writing Golden Boy and even kind of uh, casting Patrick Schwarzenegger, it was clear to me he was not going to make it through the first episode. I just could tell that that was where the story was heading and it also spoiled it for me because at the very beginning of The suicide of this, thing? Yes, they say uh, self-harm or suicide. They should have kept that warning because I understand why they had it. They should have kept it till the end of the episode because I was well, like, that oh. kind of defeat the purpose. It's like they're trying to tell people going in in if you have any sort of depression where it this is gave, well it gave away how he was going to die honestly when i saw that happen at the end of the episode i realized what they were talking about but at the time i wasn't really thinking about it that way so it's so it did surprise you when he jumped it did, up in the air it it did a little bit because up until then we, we have to finish it right yes. well, i was asking you what did you think of him trying to bargain with marie at first i was like oh he turns to her he sees that she saw what he just did and he's like don't, don't tell anyone it was a and then he like makes the calculation she's well, lying it seems at first at least this is what i got that he and her kind of are at an understanding like mm. oh you i mean again i think it's up for interpretation that's what i got but then he's like why'd you have to come in and by that Did, point i was like anthony okay. star does this face when he's playing homelander where he grimaces yeah like he's disappointed and he feels either betrayed in the moment and you can kind of tell that he's made the calculation that he has to kill you know, and you feel and like I felt Golden like Boy that was Luke's thing. thing where he went from back and forth and he, then her nervousness gave away that she wasn't just going to let this fly, mm -hmm. even if she was logical enough to like take in his reasoning of why he did it. 
Um, so yeah, he goes after her. And this is where, while she's running through the school, while this naked inflamed man is like, I was expecting a big fight. I was expecting the blood between fire. Well, this is what I was thinking is that when she passed Jordan, that Jordan would start helping Luke. But Jordan, the person who was the worst of the three, the one who was the most callous and dislikable and brusque, turns to Luke to see what's going on and starts questioning him. He he says, get out of the way. She doesn't. And that's when they start fighting. And Jordan says, run to Marie. And that showed that Jordan was actually a good guy. And it was a, a... a nice surprise. One of my favorite moments of the episode because I really liked how they just changed that behavior. And then we got to see them both, uh, Jordan and the number one and number two, fight it out. And I thought the fight scene was really cool. The, the, I mean, uh, yeah, I, the, I felt that, like that's where they put the That budget. final 10 minutes to me, I was just so annoyed and could tell that there was something that's where, that uh, Golden Boy was going, some way he's going to kill himself that I just could not enjoy I was it. the opposite because especially once he, he doesn't kill Jordan, but he definitely like incapacitates her slash him. And then he runs outside, right? Yes. And that's when Andre's there. And he approaches Andre the same way Homelander approached Black Noir. Yeah. In fact, they're best friends. It's kind of the same thing. Well, you were waiting for him to, because he does hug it him. went back and forth of whether or not Andre <laughs> was going to die. And I really liked how we didn't know one yes. way or not. If Because, again, this guy is sort of famous. He's been on Chilling Adventures. I was like, maybe he was a one-off just like Clancy Brown. We didn't know who was about to die. And then when he says, I'm sorry, and then he steps back, that's when I was like, okay, so he's probably going to either kill himself or he's going to kill everyone. Because when he went up there, they say that the only thing, the material that could like stop him was something that was close to how hot the sun gets. Yeah, right. That Whatever that tungsten alloy or whatever, hafnium carboid, carbide alloy, 3,900 degrees Celsius. Had he gone his full level of heat, he could have blasted through, he would have been a nuclear bomb. Yes, and yeah. he would have just killed everyone. But so when he, he first did that, to... it just, he killed himself. Yes. So he must have just, like, focused it on his head. Very reminiscent of episode two with the boys because all the blood just goes on, like, everyone's body. He explodes and, like, just blood goes everywhere. And then everybody turns to Marie and says, you won. <laughs> Even though she didn't really fight at all. She, it was a uh, kind of a surprising turn. And then at the very end, we get this after credit scene where a special message from Ashley Barrett, the new VP that we've met over the last Another the one cameo. who like pulls her hair out. She's only 31 years old in real life. The person who really? plays her, Colby wow. Minifee. She calls what happens just a tragic uh, instance where this drug user had a psychotic event. She's only a year younger than Patrick Schwarzenegger and two years younger than Jason Sinclair. A year who plays, older. Yeah. Yeah, older, uh, who plays Marie Moreau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. She, so it, <laughs> I just found it funny that the earlier when they sent the guy back to the woods, his whole thing was he's on meth. And now this is like he's uh, and they do use drugs. There's yes. no question about yeah. that. All these superheroes, even that guy, that little teeny guy who's kind of like um, Emma's superpower who, who died to cocaine yeah, or something. Right. right? Yeah, that, that's exactly how he died. Yeah. What do you think of that scene, by the way? The one from the boys? No, I mean the side storyline with Emma. Yeah, so first I want to talk about just this main storyline, okay. then we'll jump to the side storylines. W- firstly, why do you think Luke killed himself? 
Well, uh, we see later on, because there's even a teaser for it, that he says there's uh, more to this story than uh, supposed of to be course. said. Yeah, and I had my thoughts on the teaser. I stopped watching it after a while because it felt like it was giving too much away and also that it was changing the show from kind of this cool-paced, really fast-moving thing to kind of a slowing mo- slow, slower mystery That's that was going thinking. to work out. So I was, I was a little disappointed with that. But uh, his last words are, wasn't supposed to happen like this. So there was some form of plan that was going on. Also, we got a backstory a little bit between him and Richard Brinkeroff, who he kills. Richard knew him as a kid. He didn't know him as some so, someone who was applying for uh, school. He knew him probably when Sam went missing or died, mm-hmm. right? And he groomed him. He said, you're going to be the next Homelander. So yeah. that's why they have such a close bond and why it's so strange that he would have killed him unless he Luke was able to figure out. Do you think Luke was a good guy is my question? Yes, I do. I think that Golden Boy was supposed to be a good guy. Yeah. Despite fighting Jordan and, and almost killing everybody like he in well, the like, end Well, like you guy. said, he could have just made the world basically explode. Like he was so powerful and then in, instead he just decided to commit suicide. But what good does himself. killing himself do? Like, obviously, when they had that nice little conversation between him and Marie, and he was like, it's not all it's meant. I think, I think he killed Clancy Brown because it's obvious that Clancy Brown was evil. Or uh, he's Richard, Richard Brinker. Yeah, he's, he's another representation of He did of that. Bot. And then, yeah, as we saw play out, he was just like, oh, no, this looks bad, but I was actually doing it for the right reasons, and then decided to just end himself there. What if his girlfriend made him do it? You think his girl kill kill Richard Brinker off? Yeah, because he seemed like he was so conflicted about everything. Like, and he said this isn't how it was supposed to happen. Maybe she touched him, and it just feels such like a kind of a trace storyline that she would have that ability and not be able to use it. We do see them being pretty cordial uh, in the first scene where Golden Boy is speaking to Brinkeroff. So that I don't I don't mean bad. that he wouldn't want to kill him, but like the way it happened, it just feels like there's so many questions. So yeah, I, I am encouraged by that sort of the mystery that'll be unraveled, but I am a little afraid how how it will happen. I should also mention the boys story arc because they're actually taking a story arc from the comics is called We Gotta Go Now, which uh, harkens back to the dance club scene. Oh, okay. Because when they yeah, say yeah, we yeah, have to, yeah, say yeah, we yeah. got to go. What did you think of the overloaded Vought promotional material? Because there was branding everywhere. The Vought Cinematic my Universe, favorite, TV my, Productions, yes. Sports Networks, Clocks, Websites, V-Bay, um, TV Dinners, and Posters. My favorite thing was the posters that was in Golden Boy's room. Specifically a poster that was a movie that starred The Deep, and it had his face in a very dramatic uh, position. Uh-huh. That was that was my favorite, uh, I guess, kind of reference or Easter egg. I think egg it's just another reference representation of how like the conglomerate corporate universe of capitalism is just so overwhelming in this universe it's it's taken over uh, it's like if coke was huge it's like amazon again it's like any one of those big names it could definitely jump the shark at any moment but i think that's a big reason why the boys has done so well just not only with uh, critically wise but also viewership because so many people we say it all the time are saturated with superhero stuff and this is almost uh basically a direct analogy to that yeah it defied expectations I do find the three are a lot like the seven where they're suave on the surface, but they're vindictive, flawed. And again, being a hero isn't everything that it's made out to be. Maeve merch going suddenly super valuable is also <laughs> like the celebrity status thing when, when a celebrity dies and their music takes off. Um, I also find it funny how they had the superhero porn where it had home banger and then the deep <laughs> does her in the blowhole. Like that was that was odd, um, but but also pretty funny. The other storyline that you wanted to talk about earlier, Emma's storyline, uh, she seemed pretty comfortable with her own like body when uh, Marie first walked in and she was talking about how she fights this gerbil online. <laughs> 
But that was until she met Justine, who was... Justine reminded me of, like, R Riverdale, Veronica, when mm -hmm. she was bragging about James Dean in the season that seven, is. like, hanging out with him. It, Justine did the same thing with the Zach Braff thing, um, where yes. she was like, I'm going to be doing a movie with him. But the side storyline of having Emma suddenly feel very self-conscious and emotional about having to get small, I thought that it was less effective because there's no way that the boy who she was about to have sex with knew what he was asking her to do they made it seem like he was going so far as to say like and she's just like i don't feel like it but i if he had known that she had to barf like it, i think it was yeah make it was herself to be, sick yeah to to get small i don't think he would have asked but then yeah there's this weird I, scene I, where I she's jumping it, on his dick <laughs> i found it yeah i found that completely unneeded i like i, I didn't said, find it, I, it no, was I, funny no 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 i like her character i didn't find it funny i you thought that the side storyline was not just, just her getting sick but when they showed no her, even that that was like can uh, you imagine having to film that though because they had like a green screen i was wondering fake, how they did they probably had some type of fake yeah prosthetic like <laughs> dildo penis and she was just popping on it no yeah. even that i was like no this is not this is not good <laughs> all right well she'll have other moments to grow on you i guess get it um so uh the red river facility going back to that yes really early on in the episode not the first time we've seen it we saw it in season two we right? did season in, well we saw it in season three episode two when huey was going after he was trying to figure out why victoria newman and tony that one guy who could like regrow his limbs yes, and whatever right um how they knew each other and so he went there under the cursor that he was trying to have uh, a baby with um starlight or something yeah and they and he wanted to look at the adoption nah, records right. of yeah, these yeah. people and we actually see marie moreau in the computer database and vanessa the one who said don't fuck up was the person who was talking to huey oh yeah no this was said didn't they say that in the x-ray that you were talking about with amazon mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah okay i remember i did read that one yeah, yeah and i just found it funny because victoria newman's power who is the scary uh, a senator lady uh, who can pop people's heads. You yes, know? right. She has the ability to do that. Hers, I would say, is most related to Marie's. If Marie can control blood flow, she could probably kill anybody that she wants if she gets close enough to them. But she hasn't ever, like, tested that. But if she has... That's almost similar to Victoria New Newman's power. And so I think that that's funny how that one became such a crazy villain and how she could be the opposite of that. Yeah, I mean... It's just a direct foil. I'm also sad that Clancy Brown... Uh, it's like killing Snoke. He felt like such a really fun villain to watch. I, like I said, I was glad with it. It surprised me that... What would you give the episode as a whole? I've been going back and forth between an 8 and a 9. Um, oh, wow. So you're going high with it. I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it. I'm a little scared about where it's going from here just based off the what we're going to see next. We never did get to see the mandatory consent meeting. I get that that was a one-off joke. I was uh, neutral on things like the pump-up music. It felt like we got a lot of that. Uh, Dancing with myself, mm -hmm. um, Megan the Stallion. Um, the main character getting a bunch of opportunities thrown at him, no matter how bad it got, it was clear that Marie was going to get mm -hmm. out of whatever situation. That's why it would have been interesting if she was a villain, that she also had the same thing going for her. Um, I did like, though, when she had those moments of backlash. Sometimes when the kid doesn't look like the older version, it, it, it throws you. Yeah. This one looked enough like her, and also that, that first scene was so... Uh, present in your brain the whole time that when they kept flashing back to it i wasn't annoyed by that i actually thought it helped with the scenes i thought that the episode was entertaining for a good two-thirds but the last 20 minutes to me were the thing that kind of turned me off of it i would give the episode a seven out of ten yeah and i probably will continue watching because like i said it's only eight episodes well we so. disagree there and it's funny i won't continue watching so you can tell me what you liked about it but i will probably say 8.5 to 9 
So you're gonna I will, give it an eight and a half to nine, and you're not gonna watch the rest of the series. Not unless you say it gets like it retains its uh, goodness. Like it has. It, it's gotten good reviews as an eight point one IMDb and ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I like this episode more than I like the boys' first episode. I thought it introduced wow. <laughs> a cooler uh, world, and I and and I really want to see what they're able to do with it. So I might jump to it later on. But again, I will take your advice um, on how that goes. I really like the last few minutes too. So we just disagree on that. And well, CNN wrote Gen V passes its admission test with flying colors, but Vanity Fair wrote one of the very few negative articles, and they said this is curiously self-conscious, uncomfortable show, forever offsetting its earnestness as if needing to prove its coolness. Hmm. Did they see more than one episode? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so that might be why. Okay. But the first episode is so good. Watch it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye. Bye.